I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually they podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for more of the sadly departed. I'm just gonna start saying now. Uh, yeah. Touching evil. I could not believe how good these two episodes were. So we go we go to watch um whatever they call whatever they call the White Pro- What Price a Child remake. Is that uh, one Atonement? No, not Atonement. Second one, Atonement. Anyway. No, the second one is Boston. But whatever oh. they call Attachment. It's oh. called Attachment. Attachment. See, I got the A. You did. All right. So I'm watching this episode and I'm just like, uh, it is shocking to me. <laughs> this episode. How much better, like, Arguably the worst episode of Touching Evil. And this might be their best episode yet. I couldn't believe it. I cried at the end of it. How could you not? I actually cried my eyes and I'm just going... This because is- they've made it... Uh, instead of Dave, who sent away his... Dave from the original, who sent away his family and, like, didn't notice. Didn't notice they were gone, yeah. It is like completely pivotal to him. Oh my god, and just that scene of putting him in the empty house. Shooting at the pool. Like, what is What have you done to me, show? I know. And you can see bits and pieces from other shows, right? Oh yeah. Uh like like from other and only from Touching Evil, like the changes they make in the next one too. They they took little things from other places, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, other other parts of the show, so that. But but this one, it was just so good because they just they did the thing that we complained about. Yep. They made the connection between the story mm-hmm. and the people who are living through this. Yep. You know? Well, the thing is, and that's why, like, the romance in the original between him and this lady made no sense whatsoever. It came out of nowhere. But here, oh, he's completely broken, and she's an illegal immigrant whose missing family is the only thing in her life. Like, okay, I get it. I get why they're reaching for each other here. It makes perfect sense. Like, and, the, and you just have to change the framing. And she didn't die. Well, yeah. Also, just getting rid of the whole, like, just eliminating the entire part of the plot about the the group of international pedophile rings. Yes. They still say there are, it's an international group of child abductors. Yeah, no, we had, yeah. But, but and who knows why they're selling these children. But they're just saying, here's where they're sourcing the children. We have to get proof of that. But that's like, there's no elaborate thing. And hey, and the the person who gets shot in the head, the family, there's just a serial killer running around. (laughs) That's so much cleaner. Oh, it's so much cleaner. It's so much cleaner and it's so much more understandable. Oh, so there's just a serial killer running around. Yep. There's just a serial killer running around. Yeah, and it was one literal. There was only one little thing that that because at the opening you see the little boy. I have to have a quibble. I I, I don't Please know. Go. Yeah. I did notice this. So at the beginning you see the boy. He hears the shots. Yeah. He goes towards the house. Yeah. Okay. And now we all know this serial killer. He probably shot those two people because they were questioning. I mean, he was paid for by the Ukrainians. Yes, no, he's... no, no. It's not related. He's just a serial killer. Yeah, they say that this is his four. This is his fifth set of victims. Yeah, I I know. This is his fifth set of victims. And it gets a little questionably writing because they act like he's a professional killer. But they mentioned earlier in the episode, 
And I think it's like leftover from an earlier version of the script and they missed a line or something. Like he's a professional killer doing a job, but no, he's just a serial killer. Okay, but okay, but here's never mind. It still doesn't, it, my quibble is not that. Okay, go. I just assumed, that's what I assumed, so never mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought, no, I thought that there were other people that were questioning this, but never mind. And yes, and then when you get through the rest, this sort of explains a few things. But anyway, so he's, but the little boy who's playing kickball. Yeah. Goes toward the house. He gets to the step. Yeah. Right? And that's where it ends. Yeah. And later on, right, we see her in the woods holding the boy and telling him to be quiet. Yeah. And the rest of it and watching the serial killer shoot the parents. Yeah, that was I think that was a an awkward I think the idea is supposed to be that like uh yeah. Well, I just think that it, it was sloppily handled. I think the idea was supposed to be that she heard the shots she grabbed him, and then they were just hiding in the woods while the serial killer was looking around for the sun. I think that's what they were going for, and they just edited it poorly. It, it, yes, it was very poorly, because it doesn't make sense, given... You know, what we see at the start. Well, You're absolutely right. No, I, yeah. I, I had noticed that as well, and I, I thought that was strange. But I think it's literally just, it's not unreliable narrator. I think it's just awkward editing. But okay. yeah, they have streamlined this, so no, this investigation into a serial killer makes them stumble onto this child-selling ring. Mm -hmm. And so the serial killer is just a serial killer who's just trying to kill her. At first, uh, he's just killing that family, but now that there's a witness to his crimes who can describe what he looks like, she has to kill the witness to his crimes. And that's yes. why he continues coming after her. Yes. And of course, because he was wearing the beard and the mustache and the long hair, it was really easy for him to shave it all off to try and disguise himself. Yeah, which he did. Yeah. And I mean, wait, worked perfectly. But dude, maybe just leave the state, you know? <laughs> run. Just run. Go someplace else. I mean, he's a sniper. I'm sure he's got some ego nonsense that he's working through. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what happens? But I was so glad to see, I mean, they managed to get the sniper and not kill her. Yeah. And then you know? the, and then she is just going to leave. But let's talk about the Susan half of the episode. That was, that was so much better. So two things. One, uh, turns out Vera Farmiga was married to, um, oh God. Now I'm blank on his name. It's so embarrassing. Uh, the, the guy who played Lanny. At the time of this shooting, this you you mean yeah you at uh, James uh... no not the original not James Nesbitt no no okay you mean the Laney in in this, this. yes obviously that's who I'm talking about um Sebastian yeah Roche. Sebastian Roche yeah they were married at this time oh. they split up soon after but yeah they were married when they made this all right but that's not the important part yeah her first language is Ukrainian. Ah, yes. As like, we she didn't that. learn English until she was apparently, because I looked it up. I'm like, is she actually, are her parents actually Ukrainian? Because she's fantastic, you know, <laughs> speaking Ukrainian. it. So I'm like, it's got to be right. And I looked it up and yeah, first language Ukrainian, didn't learn English till she was six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lived in an Orthodox uh, community. Yeah, that, that was the, that was the. I know, that pays a lot off in the next episode, doesn't it? Because, because I'm looking at her and going, she must have been Orthodox. Yeah. In the next episode, in the Boston episode, I'm going, oh, yeah. You know, I watched her cross herself and went, oh, yeah, she's Orthodox. Yep. But you think in that episode because she just goes, yes, you know. But it's like the genius of, in the original, we can say, why does Susan uh, suddenly become obsessed with this little girl other than it's obvious that you want to help any child in need, which everybody does. But they make it so much more powerful by direct by giving Susan a backstory that directly links her to this. And by the, like, think about in the original. Hey, can you tell me one thing about Susan from the original? Oh no. 
Of course not. No. And she had two set piece episodes and all of her actions came from nowhere because we can't tell you anything about her as a person. No. We still think of her as Ruth by the time we're getting to the end of it. Exactly. We're still calling her Ruth by the last episode here. She's got two. There's 13 episodes of this. She gets two showcase episodes. And spoiler alert... Both of them, her actions make perfect sense because they've given her backstory that totally explains it. That's all you need. You need the backstory. Well, and, oh my god, the choice to, at the end, have the them being there's going to be a custody fight over this child going forward to open that as a plot for Susan in future episodes? Such a smart thing to do. You know, as she said, no, I know nothing about raising a child, but I know about losing a child. Boom. Boom. Yes. And she was right. Like, it makes perfect sense. Like, instead of the, it's it's the government agents, yeah. right, that are going to take this child. Right back. Already knows that there's something wrong because the guy who's running the ring. Yeah. Like the child selling ring. Yeah. Right. Offers her a freebie. Yep. Offers two for one for the mm. price of one. If that isn't, if that isn't, doesn't put off all sorts of bells in yep. your head. All the red lights flashing at once. All the red lights flashing at once. And so I guess she kept thinking and thinking, well, am I going to hand the child back or am I going to? Yeah, because she's like, is like, does this guy, is he like, he knows he's getting the child back and it just doesn't matter to him? Like. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, that those guys were corrupt. There was oh, no question. Absolutely, that's how it's played in this episode. That's And it's clear that those guys are corrupt. Yeah. And, and that's going... And this, if they had gotten another 13 episodes, as I said, we've already can see where it's going to go with Dave. Yep. Because they've got to resolve who killed him or who yep. tried to kill him. Or who him. tried to kill him. Well, no, he was dead for, he was dead for 10 minutes, yeah. so that counts. That counts. They did kill him, and then he yeah, they successfully killed him. He just came back. Yeah, and with with her, it's yeah. clear she's not not happy about this, and she's going to do something. And she's going to have a get into a fight over this little girl. Yes, she wants to keep Dora. Yeah, and that was going to be a continuing plot, which it could have been on the original if they didn't abandon everything right away and remind us that nothing matters at the end of every episode. Every episode, like this, this I cannot tell you how much worse no i can't tell you you know the original you. you just listen to us talk about it for weeks the original was so all over the place and messed up and it didn't make any sense yep and characters were there wasn't one likable character except for mark by the end yeah well and mark they was the only mark. character and then they killed mark because they were angry that he was the only likable character as I said, Team Mark, and we're still pissed off about it. Oh my God! I it, it I watched these two episodes, and my jaw just kept dropping. Yeah, how good it was, and then you get to that end of that first episode. I know. Like first of all, he does bring the little boy to meet her, and it of course doesn't go the way she wants it to go because of course he's never like she was. He doesn't. No, he has no idea who she is, and her, her, his parents were just murdered. And this isn't a situation from the original where his parents were manipulative monsters raising him to be sold to pedophiles. Yeah. Uh, Although, by the way, it did um, it did lead to like when they're trying to figure out who killed them. Uh, there's this weird line at the start. Uh, it's like, well, he works in the uh advertising industry, so oh, you know. Uh, you know, it's like, you don't make, you don't do that without making a lot of enemies. And I'm like, what? It's just such a weird cast off line that they suggest it must be super common that people in the advertising industry are having each other professionally murdered. Well, it's really, and the other funny thing about this is the whole Ukrainian thing. Yeah. Like, I find that very interesting in light of what what the major business and stuff of the Ukrainian. And it's really hard to tell people that now. Oh, right yeah. now. How like, how rough it used to be. Not not just how rough. I mean this was the center of pornography. Yeah. This was the center of sex trafficking. Human trafficking generally. Yeah. Trafficking it all generally. traveled through Ukraine. Here's here's how bad it was in Ukraine. 
like quite recently, they're like, how are we going to fix this police system in Ukraine? All of these national policing system in Ukraine. You know what they did? They what? fired every cop in the country. And they yeah. got an entirely new set of police that were professionally trained. They're like, no, the system is so corrupt yeah. down to its core that we have to fire everyone. And that's what they did. And they started over from scratch. And now they have a reliable police system. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is very interesting that people forget because this is done in 2004. Exactly. How your brain used to be. Yeah. And that all kind of moved into Romania and yep. and Belarus, especially. And Belarus. And oh my God, Belarus has become a nightmare. Once, I mean, once they were losing in Ukraine, yeah, but they were still Ukrainians, and I mean, there's the whole kerfuffle in our parliament. Um, trying to explain that yesterday to the history students, we were we had a history club meeting. Yeah. Uh, hi, history club. It's kind of embarrassing, but and um, by the time people listen to this in November, uh, yeah. this might be old news. But Canada has an incredibly embarrassing history of letting Nazis move here after the war. We did. Yeah, we had a rule that, and it just said fighting with the Germans was not going to keep you from out of the war. Yeah. Uh, sorry, out of the country. Yeah. Like fighting for the Nazis, the rule was made in the early 1950s. That having, or the late 1940s, I guess, that yeah, having I, fought for the 90, the Nazis was not going to be counted as a disqualifying factor, right? And they just said, blanket statement, just because you fought for the Nazis, it's not going to disqualify you. We have to have a specific reason to not let you into the country. And so if you don't vet somebody properly. And plenty of people didn't get vetted properly. Yeah. And some of them became and this guy seems to have been a reasonably upstanding citizen oh ever since yeah ever but since. i don't but here's the thing was he stationed in poland because if he was stationed in poland there's a pretty good chance some freaking evil stuff happened well we don't know that and i i haven't followed it through yeah. because it's such a it's such a miserably complicated it is no it is it, it's a mess because, and i'm not i'm not pretending it's not a mess and one has to understand that a lot of these Ukrainian soldiers went and went into the German military to keep Russia out. Oh, no, absolutely. They, well, no, and that, this is why you, this is why World yeah. War II is so freaking complicated on the Eastern Front because spoiler alert, in Finland, the Nazis were the good guys because they were protecting Finland from being completely overrun by the communists that were planning to kill everybody like the communists did in Poland. Yeah. I mean, Poland got a bad side in a uh, bad front in World War II because the the Russians came and killed everybody and then the Nazis ran them off and then the Nazis killed everybody. Yeah, like, I there mean, were no, like, the, 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 a lot of evil stuff happening from the Russians. So it's like, if he just fought defensively in Ukraine against Russia, he might not be a bad guy. But I don't know that he wasn't rounding up Jews. Like, it was the Nazis. We have no idea. We have no idea whether yeah. he was what they call a collaborator. Yep. Which is what they did in Czechoslovakia, right? Yeah. Um, because they, they created they created much more of a, uh, a resistance against the, mm -hmm. the Nazi regime. Um, you know, and uh, that's. And that's, that's, but that's the horrifying thing. It's like, but I mean, whatever the story, the backstory was, we probably shouldn't have been celebrating him in parliament. No, that was, that's, somebody should have checked. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going, yeah, this is the whole point. Like, it's complicated. And unless you want to go into this man's personal history. Yeah. But I mean, the government, that part of the government's being running th by 35 year olds who have no idea about world history. They're like, no. let's just find a Ukrainian to celebrate. Well, and here's, and that is part of the problem is that, yes, they never took history in school. Like, yeah. when, and because I'm talking, I keep thinking about it, right? But once they stop making history what's known as a teachable, mm -hmm. in other words, taking history in university would get you into teacher's college. Yeah. Because that was what teachables were. And then Teachers College decided to drop history as a teachable. Oh. And then all of a sudden, we went from classes of 50, 40, 50, 60 
right? Right smack down. We had mm -hmm. we had huge thesis because um, not everybody did a fourth year thesis thesis when they did their fourth year, right? Okay. But you could choose to do a thesis. Well, we would have twelve or fifteen people doing a thesis, you know, at, at the honors level, and then they just dropped it, and all of a sudden, like this year, we'll have two. We've had two that have opted for the thesis course, and right. this is like a drop from say twelve to two. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's I, terrible. I, I mean, I would have, I, I think one year I had three or four because the, um, the full time professors couldn't handle all their thesis. Um, oh, wow. Couldn't do all the thesis themselves, the full time profs. So if you had a PhD, which of course I did, <laughs> you, got, you, you had the option. Yeah, you were good to go. So Bruce and I picked them up then. And then this year, it's because this there are two students. One's going to Bruce. One's coming to me because her area is, like Bruce says, yes, better in your view. And then they just agreed to pay me mine. It's a pittance you get paid. Yeah, of course. Like if you, because you get paid per student. So you get paid one-tenth of your regular salary for one student, which is fine. Like yeah. it makes sense. Um, you still do sort of work, but it's a different kind of work. Okay. You know, so um, it's, uh, yeah, It, but there's no history. No, no, there's nobody pushing history yeah. education. You know, and some of them might get more history from, like, I'm just watching, I, I just bought a new Roads of Rome game. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I like No, they're good games. I'm not going to say they're not good games. I enjoy yeah. the Roads of Rome games. And now the thing is, they're time management, and you and it takes you forever to 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 open up the final Stuff one. I know because you have to be perfect in all. Uh, you have to get three levels. stars in every single level. I've played these things, and you have to do it under the t in the time. Okay. Yeah, I know. So never mind. Okay, so I'm doing. So I got this, and I was reading about this with the Gauls, because of course the thing that you notice, of course, is the Romans are these wonderful colonizers. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, right? Because they're building all things and they're fixing things. But oh, at yeah. the time, you know, the history stuff that they put up about the Gauls and the Celts, for the most part, are true. And the Druids, like, yeah. I'm going, oh, yeah, okay. So it's reasonably historically accurate. Oh, yeah. Everybody should, if you want your history, go, go look at all the little clips on kings and generals. Because <laughs> at least that's, that's reasonable. I mean, yeah. it is. Is historically accurate so far. Everything I've seen now, I don't look at the recent stuff. Right. Okay, so let's get back to this episode. That was filler, guys. No, no, but it was interesting because it's like uh, because people watching this during a war to protect Ukraine from Russia might be wondering: Is it is it okay that they're talking about how great this is when uh, you know Ukraine is being portrayed as like just this horrific right. nightmare. And I'm like, yeah, Ukraine used to be a really bad place to live. Yes. And um, it really did. And you, and there are lots of movies about that. And there are lots of documentaries about that. Oh, and yeah. you, the Ukrainian mafia was pretty, well, like the Russian mafia. Oh yeah. Same exact kind of deal. Yeah. But yes. They were Bratva, but they were close to it. And when they moved in and you'll see this when they're moving into places around like Boston, New York. Oh um, yeah. All of these places the Ukrainian moved yeah, in. Yeah, scary stuff. And no, it was it's like fundamentally, it's it's just they've taken what was like I said, debatably the worst episode mm -hmm. of the original. And the one problem is that like it could be clearer that this guy is just a serial killer who loves to snipe. Yeah, yeah, because I yeah, and but that may be. You see, that might have been clearer to anybody who never watched the who original. Who watched the original. But yes, it's in our head that there's this involvement. Yes. Because in the original, you had this ridiculous... But even in the original, like, the sniping the family to steal a child to sell just seemed so completely out of left field and yeah. had so little to do with the rest of the episode except to set up there was a sniper. Uh, only to have her get murdered by a completely unrelated sniper at the end of the terrible episode. Yes. God, that was a bad episode of television. 
it was terrible. Well, no, but in, in this episode, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. And for reasons I only watched it before, just before we started doing this. Yeah. Um, the two episodes. Um, but I still think that there was somebody said something about the fact that the mother had contacted the parents and said that no, the child they had adopted was not an yeah. orphan. And she and, said that it was, she tried, and they said she was crazy and they told her to go away. No, they went back. There was a discussion about how they went back to the agency they used. And then the agency went back to the Ukrainians that they got the children from. You're right. They did mention okay. it. And that's why I thought, and I'm thinking. No, oh, man, maybe they were trying to draw. But by the end of the episode, they have drawn no connection between this guy, the morning person, uh, right, who has killed a bunch of people as a sniper. Like they have, the episode draws no firm connection between him. Yeah, but I think that that, that might have been a mistake. Yeah. Because it strikes me that. That that was the intention, probably. That that was the intention. So maybe in my head, that when I heard that, I said, okay, yeah. And That's then, the connection. Well, but the thing is, it's like the episode does not have a giant organization. There's no the evil lawyer character, right? There's no sign that these guys are killing a lot of people in America or anything like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible that that was a leftover from an earlier draft of the script where they were killed to cover up the fact uh, that they had bought children from the syndicate. Yeah. But there, I, I debate, I would, you know, my point is, I do not think that's left at the end of the, uh, the episode we watched. Mm -hmm. No, but you're, you're right that there is this contrivance that the serial killer tips them off to this, but I really think that's what I watched. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Well, as I said, and that's, that's where the, to some extent, I was just so happy that first of all, they managed to kill the serial killer. Yeah. And save save the girl. I know. Because then that creates, and then the, apparently the government has decided to put them in witness protection, and yep. they and let her stay because mm -hmm. the child has been raised in the states. Yeah. And it'll be easy enough for the boy to, at that point, just take a new name and everything else because his parents are dead and he knows it. Yep. You know, um, it's not like. And this is his birth mother because the DNA has proved it. Yep. So it is, it worked, but I watched, I watched Crazy I know, completely and breaking down. Not only that, well, the first thing is, is, and then he watches them leave. And it's yep. just like when he watched his own family leave. Yep. Not two families, right? Or potentially. Mm -hmm. Now. Drive you know, away from him. Yep. Drive away from him. And then, and then, you know, so they have to go back. He looks at the empty house. Why it's an escrow? I guess they must have just stopped making payments on the mortgage. No, I think they're selling it. Oh, oh, in escrow, yes, means yes. yes. In the States, we don't do that in no, Canada. No, no, no. We don't do that in Canada. That's, but that's, in yeah. In escrow means it has been sold and they're just waiting for the final paperwork. In yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. So he goes into the back. And he goes through the empty house, and it is it is a really... It's a grueling scene. scene. And when he walks out the back, and then he looks at, at what's left of the toys, and he yep. breaks down, and there's Mark coming to see what he's doing, looks at him and says, I think I'll go back to the car. <laughs> I'm going to leave him to his... Yeah, he's got to deal with this, yeah. I'm going to leave him to his pain. I mean, you have all of these character points that you do not have. No, the, nothing like this is in the original. This show could have gone on for years. Yeah. This, this was, could this. have gone for years. And I think it might be, as I said. And by I, the way, I think that would have been uh, good for Bradley Cooper because, like, he had nothing to do on Alias. They wrote him off in, like, the second season because there was nothing for the character to do. And yeah. he just bounced around Hollywood for three more years or four more years until he got uh, the Hangover. This would have been a good showcase for him, yeah, assuming he don't get doesn't get killed off next week. I haven't watched the episode yet because he's like he's gradually he's the guy who's skeptical of Dave, 
and who's uncomfortable around Dave. Yeah, and, and, and gradually trying to figure out who Dave is and tries to reach out. And then it's like, tries to see, okay, can I work with this guy? And Dave instantly rejects him because Dave's, you know, got all of this horrible stuff going on. Yeah, and Dave, and, and it is interesting because at Dave, because at one point he stands up, it's in this episode, I think, where he stands up and says, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, and then at one point somebody says something, well, I, I wanted girls, I didn't want I, girls. Yes, I wanted boys, it's fine, I wanted boys anyway. Jesus Christ, Dave. Well, I mean, that's, but it I know, it's his little funny. coping joke to see like he's one of the guys kind of thing, but still, oof. Yeah. No, no, but but at least you understand it. Yeah, you understand where it's coming from. You don't believe it. You don't believe it for a second, and he breaks down. Like, his breakdown at the end of the episode is the book ending of that. Yeah, and and that makes perfectly logical sense. Yeah. So I'm going, because when he met this, this woman, and there she is, she did get her son, and she will be going away, and... She will have this loneliness filled. Yeah. Like we talked about that loneliness. And she they she will have it filled and she will have a reasonable life. Um and but with Dave, I mean for him it was just it just reinforced his loss. Plus, it's this episode where he gets the pictures. Yeah. From his wife. Yeah. Oh. His wife. No, no, no. That's the start of the next episode. Oh, that's the start of the next episode. Well, anyway, you know, it just leads on, right? Oh, yeah. But I want to point out that it's like, you know, there was like a Criminal Minds episode that was about a guy who was basically going through the same thing Dave is going through. Hmm. And you think about how much worse that was handled and how much more maturely it's handled here. Because it was about the special forces guy, and he got, you know. Oh yes, he had he had PTSD. And... No, not just PTSD, but uh, also he had a brain injury, yes. so people like his mind wasn't syncing people's. Uh, so when he saw people's faces, it wasn't connecting with the rec- uh, recognizing them. Yeah. Like he could not recognize anyone while looking at them because the brain wasn't making the right connections, and so it made him think everyone was an imposter. Yeah. I mean, it's not exactly what Dave is going through because what he's, he can't connect his memories to his emotions. Yeah. And he knows, like, he can't feel the things he used to feel when he's seeing things. And but he knows now, he used to feel things, but he doesn't feel them anymore. And that's crushing him. And the problem is, is that he is now developing new experiences, new memories that are yeah. connected to emotions. Exactly. And, and so he's be- becoming a new person effectively, yes. and it's erasing who he used to be. And it's also overwhelming. Of course, because he doesn't have any basis for any of this stuff. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have his emotional memory to rely on anymore. Yeah. It's such a fascinating thing, and it's just like, yeah, it's it's something that Criminal Minds actually touched on. And I just want to point out, before we move on to the second episode, mm-hmm. a year around the, like, this aired... Four months before Criminal Minds started. Yeah. And so did The Inside. Or like The Inside was maybe four months later or something like that. But it's like, at the same time Criminal Minds was starting, we also had Touching Evil and we also had The Inside. Two incredible TV shows. Yeah. About... About the exact same subject matter. And I mean, look at this next episode that literally has them flying to Boston to catch somebody who's stabbing a bunch of people. That's an episode of Criminal Minds. It was a good episode of Criminal Minds. It was. It was a good episode. But I just want to point out that, like, this next episode... half of it was a good episode. Half of it was a good episode, but right down to be it being about religion and him trying to attack religion in Boston. Like, I'm not saying that episode of Criminal Minds ripped off this episode of Touching Evil, but I'm also not not saying that. I don't know one way or another. I wasn't there when it was written, but... All I know is that, well, but the thing is, is that... um yeah, what I'm I mean, saying is there's some there's some suspicious similarities between the two episodes. Well, yeah, and 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 it is weird, right? Because this 
this touching evil got canceled. Yeah. Inside didn't even really show. Aired, aired like three episodes. You know, and um, it was it, it, and they were just on the wrong networks because yeah. obviously CBS already had a Criminal Minds. Well, no, they, no, they started Criminal Minds at the same time. Essentially, yeah, you're right. You're right. Right, and um, so these would be two forgotten things, and um, it it is that CBS already had. So they thought they weren't going to pick up this show because they already had Criminal Minds. Well, they had Criminal Minds, but they all but it's because it lasted. Criminal Minds lasted in the end on CBS because it's brand, it fit the brand. Oh, absolutely. Touching Evil would have fit the brand. Well, I don't know. I mean, I watched and I... Uh, it's pretty bleak. Yeah. But you, know what, you know what else is pretty bleak? CSI. Yeah. Oh, and when they got to the Lawrence Fishburne's... I know. Oh, oh that was just like, oh my... No. Now you're going into the depths of... With those twins and... Oh, I know. Yeah, but it's like, I, I think Touching Evil... Could have found a home on CBS, but like yeah. you say, they already had Criminal Minds, hmm. and we know e- ABC didn't want it because ABC owned Criminal Minds and didn't make it. Look, here's here's the situation that I would say w- it would be a double whammy. Yeah. Okay. Because what happened was that that Donovan, Jeffrey Donovan, Jeffrey Donovan was on contract to. Yeah, it was probably still on contract at USA, so they would have had to buy him out, and it's a whole thing. Yeah, and it's a whole thing, and it wasn't too much, and I don't think the USA... The USA Network, somebody at the USA Network would have fully understood how good this show was. and how I'm sure everybody understood. It was beloved by critics. Yes, and he was brilliant in this. He's incredible in this show. He could have won Emmys off of this. They weren't going to let him go. No. No, they, they wanted to build that another show around him. And they built a very successful show around him. Yeah, that fit their network better. Yeah, because I guess fundamentally this show just is not a U.S. This is not what people tune into the USA Network for. It's what they tune into CBS for. Like, you know, unbelievably gruesome crime stories that the whole family can watch. Well, just remember just remember that, that, that CBS is also the home of sec, uh, Law & Order. No, that's NBC. Oh, that's NBC. Yeah. Okay, so it could have fit in NBC too. Yeah, it could have fit in. It could have fit on any of the major three networks. It's just USA has this incredibly is the house that Monk built. Okay. It want they want light drama there. Yeah. They want light drama. They want light mysteries. They want stuff to that takes it easy. We want. They're not making oh, heavy stuff. Uh, they're just not making heavy stuff there. As I said, Murder, She Wrote updated. Exactly. That's exactly the kind of stuff they like to make there. And they don't want, they didn't want this show even while they were making this show. And I mean, who knows? Like you say, maybe someone in production at this place thought we're going to change how people think of the USA Network. Maybe that was what was going on. Maybe they were trying to change their branding. But, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't go through with it. When did Monk start? I don't know, like 2002, 2001, something like that. Yeah. And so, and maybe, I mean, we don't know. The critics might have loved Touching Evil, but we don't know what the audience stats No, we don't know what its ratings were. You're absolutely right. And its ratings may not have been good enough to To justify justify the risk of losing their audience. Yeah. Driving people away. I, I see your point. It's just... The more episodes of this I watch, it's just like when we were watching The Inside. You're just like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And Criminal Minds is the one that got to run forever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it would not shock me if one of the big inspirations for that episode of Criminal Minds was the episode Boston, which is what we're getting to now. Uh, which is very funny because he mostly doesn't do the accent. But every now and then he slips. But every now and then he slips. He says, park the car at one point. Yes. And I think that what happens is, is he did that deliberately. Oh, I think so. 
Yes, I think it was deliberate to to prove that he was actually from there. Yeah, and he got it. You know, it would. But it's like it's so agonizing watching this episode because you're like, oh my god, they have so much more to do with these characters. He spends ten minutes of the episode sitting across the street from his childhood home. And the woman who lives in the house that his best friend lives is like, well, why don't you go live in that home? And he's like, I'm trying to work up to it. Because, spoiler alert, his dad still lives there, and he is not interested in going to talk to him. That's exactly it. As we find out when they cut back. Yeah. Still and- a Cregan on the license pl- uh, on, the li- on the mailbox. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, I mean, that's, his, that's the childhood home. That's where his dad lived. Yep. Lives. Yes, still lives. That's the key part. Um, so you could have done something else with that later on, too. They would have. They would have done something else with sure. that later on. Like, that's so, like, such an interesting place to start it. It's like, okay, we're getting this tiny little piece of Dave's backstory, and we're so curious, and we're never going to find out what they were going to do with that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, again, I can't tell you anything about Dave from the original. Nope. I can't tell you anything, but it's like here, episode after episode, we're learning about these people through the plots of the episode, through what they're doing, through what's going on in this world. It's it's a more mature show in every way. Yeah. That's so frustrating. No, I mean, it is just so stunning. And this episode was, this episode was quite good. Yep. They had to create a lot of it themselves. Oh no, it's it's basically a whole new episode. Yeah. Like it, it really is. There's almost nothing that you can take from the original show. They're going to a new town. There's a guy who's stabbed a priest and who's serial killing all sorts of people. And he, like you said, of no of no determinant fixation. Yeah, men are men and women. Men and women, different ages. And All that matters is that they have the same incredibly gruesome uh, way of mur- being murdered. Yeah, and they're all in a relatively um, circumscribed neighborhood. Yeah. It's not like all of Boston. No. It's a particular neighborhood. and it It's is- in a neighborhood, and that makes them sure that the guy must live in that neighborhood. Yeah, and as I said, and it's where he came from. Yeah, and it's where Dave came from. Yeah, it's again, he's there the like he is the perfect guy to be coming to work on this case because he knows this place. And I love the the unsuccessful profiling leap he does. I love that scene so much. Cause he's like, this guy in his letter to the cops has been talking about getting this endless noise out of his head. Yeah. And he's like, noise out of his head, seeing the tragedy, being comfortable with uh, like cutting people open. It must be a paramedic who sees too much agony in the world. And then so they run and they find a paramedic with a, any kind of a criminal backstory. And it's like, no, he's he's got a... Well, he also had tinnitus. Yeah, and he also had tinnitus, so the ringing in his ears. And they're like, it must be him. It's like, no, he's got an alibi for all of the murders. Yeah, this is just a leap you made, Dave. <laughs> and they acknowledge that the leap was completely 100% wrong. Yeah, it's very nice to hear. Yeah, he's like just admitting, no, no, I just I just got it wrong. And I loved how they stopped the mob. Yes. Oh, because they have the the neighborhood watch guys. That's the one thing that they took from from yeah. the, um from the original. Yeah. Is the mob, remember that they, they they tear down that. Oh no, cracker. That's um, you're thinking of cracker. I'm thinking of cracker where they took down the house. Yeah, the but the mob in this is yeah. like it almost felt like that was a reference to that episode yeah, of Cracker. Felt like that. Well, Bruno Heller saw Cracker. Come on. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm sure this whole team saw Cracker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like that. That's a that's a great moment. Like, and he has to defuse the mob. They have to defuse the mob, right? That's gonna that wants to lynch this guy. Uh, like such a smart thing and you're like oh it's good and it makes you think oh it's going to be one of the mob members you know (laughs) because you've seen a lot of tv shows and it's like no the show is just saying this stuff is complicated and the crimes that happen 
they echo outwards and they affect the whole community and the community can respond in non-helpful ways. Yes. It's just a mature presentation of the situation. <laughs> They're not being contrived. They're just showing you, no, this is what it's really like. It's awful and it's complicated. And as I said, and because it was such a controlled neighborhood, yeah, it, it makes it clear why this would happen. Mm-hmm. And it is men and women. Yeah. So it's, it has, has to do with something else. And it's only when Dave is sitting across from his father's house. Yeah. You know, and th- there are church bells and then he's back in the police station and there are church bells. There are always so, church bells. There are always church bells in Boston. And then he realizes like, cause the weird thing about the killer's MO is he knocks people out. And then he ties them up and cuts them open. And then, as he says, he then wakes them back up. Yeah, so they can see what they look like now. (laughs) I know, it's a bleak episode. It's a rough episode. But he says that that's what this is about. It's his, he's attacking religion. All of these people were going to or from something religion-related. Yeah. And, and so he's matter. he's attacking the idea of faith and a soul, and that's why he's doing this. And that lead uh, and that lead makes more sense. And he's like, okay, well, I got to go back to the priest then. Yeah. And he gets there just in time to save the priest and to save his partner. Yeah, and to save his partner because she's going through his own stuff with the church, her uh, her own stuff with the church. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is. Is that nobody would because when they when they're talking about religion and stuff, Dave and her and the rest, yeah. and she's and you get the impression she's Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. just like he is, and everything else. And it's only if you know, like she crosses herself the wrong way. Yeah, crosses herself the way Orthodox. Because I'm looking, but she's Ukrainian. She must be Ukrainian Orthodox. There mm-hmm. can't be that. Like Hungary is Roman Catholic. Not in not in Ukraine. But not in Ukraine. They're Orthodox, as are the Russians. In. Mm-hmm. No, I and it's like, it's so nice that they followed that up from the previous episode. And of course, someone who was raised Orthodox would not like hearing that a priest thought any rule was optional. Oh, yeah. Because she's so hard on this priest who came to, who called 911 when a guy was confessing being a serial killer. And I'm like, don't you think he was like, Concerned that he was gonna get killed? No. Well, and but he says it was he did he. I I. It's funny, eh? Who knows? But yes, it wasn't just that somebody else needed to know. Oh yeah, of course. But she was like, he's breaking the seal of the confessional. He's allowing a third party in the confessional. That's something. And he's and she's like, if rules are optional, then they're not rules. And then she starts explaining about her childhood, right? Yeah. And oh, fasting. damn. And yeah. I, I can't remember anybody ever. That's That was another clue. It was orthodox. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember any of my Catholic friends fasting before confession. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going, what? No, it's orthodox. Yeah. And she fainted, and then the priest made her eat. And she thought she was betrayed because it's a rule or it's not a rule. Yeah, because she was a rule. I try, It's funny. We were talking about this yesterday. At, we had a PD day at okay. uh, Northland, right? And we were right. talking about this business of rules and teaching. Mm-hmm. And somebody brought that up. She said, yeah, she said her it was her mother or something. Got out of teaching and was much happier. Yeah. Or she did. I, I don't can't remember who. Well, because she's still teaching, so it can't be Yeah, her. probably not her. her mother, right? And and she said, or a friend of hers got out of teaching because the friend of hers followed the rules, was just like Susan, right? Followed yeah. the rules, and this is how she got through school, right? And she loved it, and she loved doing the reading, and she loved following the rules, and she loved everything about it. And so then she got into teaching, and of course, so she assumed that what was going to work, that what had worked for her, and got her through school and she loved it, was going to work for all of her students and everyone else. And she found out that it didn't. Oh. And, and then she, she did leave the profession and she was much happier doing something yeah. else. I can't remember what it was, but it was far more conducive to structure. 
or whatever yeah. else it was, right? Um, yeah, I, you know, if you can't... Some you, people are just like that. Yeah. And by the way, if that's, you know, Susan backstory, of course she ended up as a cop. Yeah, because it's the rules. It's the rules. It's, it's making rules and it's following rules. And you've got and, this nice book that explains everything that's okay to do. And as long as you stay in those lines, you should be fine. And spoiler alert, that was going to keep getting challenged for her over the run of this show. And the, the thing is, though, that her first breaking the rules was with that little girl. Yep. Taking that little girl back with her rather than yeah. So, so there was the first chink in the armor, and yeah. then you have this chink in the armor. Yeah, where she's like, maybe this priest was doing the right thing by breaking his oath to try and help people. And if that's the case, if like, if that's, and I mean, I could see them, like, I could see her effect on her like faith and her religion going back and changing her willingness to fight for Dora in subsequent episodes. Oh, oh, for sure, because she. The reason she went back, because, of course, Craig is, why are you here? And she said, well, I came back to apologize. <laughs> no, I love that. You know, and um, it was it was really good. I it, The whole episode. It's just such a good episode. I, I sit here and I cannot believe that this is the same. And yet we know it is. Yeah, we know it's the same show. And we can't. And I'm I'm. I am getting more and more convinced because Paul Abbott has done things since Paul yeah, Abbott. People has... hate people like the show Shameless. I'm not going to say people don't like the show Shameless. People and really like that show. Yeah, and even before, I am not. At, at, there is no way that I was as hard on the episodes that he did with Crocker as I was on Touching Evil. And oh, I God. wonder whether or not I'm not right that. Somehow or another, he was involved in the first few episodes and then he got sort of sidelined like the guy who created Criminal Minds. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's what happened. We don't know the details of his sidelining, but Touching Evil, as bad as it was, got a lot worse after the first season. Yeah, the first season you were still waiting. We were waiting to see where it was going. It wasn't great, but like there could have been some interesting stuff coming out of that. And then it just got terrible. It got terrible. He wasn't involved anymore. They changed it around. Yeah. And I think it was, and it was also in the first season that uh, What's-His-Face from Doctor Who was involved as well. Russell Maybe. T. Davies. Russell T. Davies, yeah. He, We'd he have to double check that, but I think you're right. He and he he did at least one episode in the first yeah. all out of it. So, the point is, it yeah. got real bad after he seemed to step away. I will agree with that. And that's, that's, as I said, that's, there is a Canadian show called Being Erica. The yeah. first season was just great. And then they decided to make radical changes to it. Now, other people watched it and I watched. It got real bad after that first season. Yeah. I watched the first three episodes and I said, this isn't going to work. I'm not watching this. This yeah. is my time. Oh, yeah. First so season, solid show. It was just, um, uh, the TV show Wonder Falls meets Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah. And that was great. 100% no notes. Really loved it. Uh, people don't talk about Pe uh, Pe uh, Peggy Sue Got Married anymore. And that's really sad. That movie has been completely forgotten by history. <laughs> Which is too bad because it's one of the two reasons we have um, Nicolas Cage, the other being Moonstruck. Yes, well, you know, if you knew Peggy Sue, and then you know. What? By the way, he's so good, right? Yeah. Uh, the plan in Peggy Sue Got Married, because it's about their 20-year high school reunion, yeah. and they're looking back and regretting and blah, 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 and she goes back in time to high school. Yeah. The plan was hire one guy to play her husband as a middle-aged man and one guy to play him as a teenager. Uh -huh. And Nicholas Cage came in and was so good he did that both. Kathleen Turner said, no, we don't need another actor. He can do both. Yeah. 
If I this twenty four year old guy can play the the thirty nine year old guy and the nineteen year old guy, or eighteen year old and thirty eight year old guy, and it's Nicolas Cage, so of course she was right. But she was like the first guy to discover that about him that he had like more range than anybody. And by the way, he's incredible in that movie. <laughs> like she was right. He steals the show. Oh, for sure. Well, but anyway, I'm sad that people don't remember it, but being Erica was fun that first season. And the second season is so bad. And I don't know anyone who watched the third season. No, I don't know anyone who watched the third season. Um, but I do know it lasted about four seasons, I think. I think it got, you know, I mean, I'm not saying people didn't watch it. I'm just saying it had such a promising first year. Yeah. And, and then it got so bad. With her boyfriend, and then she broke up with her boyfriend, and then she had this weird relationship with her therapist and he was Ugh, walking through weird doors oh it was just stupid. it was bad it became stupid as well. no, it, it did really okay we're talking and, yeah but it's like and that happens with a lot of shows they start off with a solid first season it's what i always say right the reason there's so many cable shows get so bad is and i've said this on the show before but i'll say it again here is that when you're making a tv show it takes so long from your initial idea to produce it. Like, this isn't like Stephen Bochco, where the network would say, we need two pilots, and then he would go write two pilots, and then they would go film, or like, he would write three pilots a year, and the network would make one of them, right? Wait. When a show gets made wow. today, it's because someone has been working on it for half a decade. And so people spend five years working on that first season, and then they don't find out if they're renewed until it airs, and if they get renewed, they now have four months before they have to start filming the second season. And that's So you spent five years on that first season. Good. You have four months to write the second season. Yes. Well, guess what? This is why we're going to be waiting. Like, South Korean TV doesn't do that because we're going to be waiting for ages for the guy who wrote, you know... Um, Squid Game? Squid Game. Right. To finally give us season two. Give us yes, he finally agreed to write season two, but he does all of this himself and he doesn't trust anybody else to do it, and they're willing to wait for him to do it. Thank God. Well, because I know he could have just cashed out and said, Go do season two without me and I'll just take the check. And I'm so oh, no. amazed that he didn't. No. He was invested well, he invested too much of his life. Yeah, in this story. First season in the story. And he doesn't want anybody ruining it. Which someone easily could. Well, particularly for example, Netflix making a game show version of Squid Game. They did it in Britain. They did Squid Game in Britain. Oh, don't don't even go there. Okay, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you something. Okay. Not that we. This is because it does relate to what we do here. Of course. So I'm sitting here, and this week there's there's a whole news thing, and there's a new study. About, about Korean orphans who got adopted in the seventies. Okay. And like, like all of these. And as, um, as the woman who is doing this, she says, it's not that I had a bad life or anything, but it turns out I have parents. I had a father. I had a mother. And then she was explaining all how it worked. Right. And I'm going, Oh yeah. Well, we, I watched Vincenzo. I already know all of that. <laughs> because all she was talking about. So, I mean, when we talk about Vincenzo, and, and I talk about the myth- mythological part of it, yeah. times, right? And, but we all, and we also have said that there are issues is clearly taking on the medical and the corporate establishment. Establishment. Yeah. Okay. There's no question about that. There's stuff that we're missing, and I've often, uh, and the Korean, the business with his being um, put in an orphanage, at, you know, by his mother, this yep. happens. This happened in that at that time, right? So he's, and it was constantly happening, and then they would just decide, right, that he was an orphan. Oh, my God. And, and Because that's what happened to him, eh? They said, yeah, yeah, I remember. Off he went. And he kept saying, but my mother's going to come back. And they made it a little more palatable, but it does look as if, yeah, a lot of these people have now. This this woman who is a journalist 
Um, she said, yeah, she has written to her father to see if she can find out more information. Other yeah. people have gone back to Korea. It's sort of like with, um, what's his face? Um, but it's different because his parents were still married when they left Korea. You know, in mm-hmm. criminal minds. In Beyond Borders when he goes back oh, to Korea. Yes, of course. Right, 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 right. Yeah, in Beyond Borders, he goes back to yeah, to find out about it, that half, that part of his family. Yeah, but in Vincenzo, all of that, all of that is now finally being, um, I guess it's going to be studied by the, they're going to be doing more work on it because it's become a big story. It was just a story, you know. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Something else that Vincenzo was doing. Yeah. Besides, I mean, we're talking 40, 40 hours of television. Well, I think 30 hours of television. They were 90-minute movies, and they were 20 oh, yeah. So, wow. yeah. But, yeah, so 30 hours of television. They they covered a hell of a lot in Vincenzo. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot more, and if we were South Korean. We would have gotten a lot more out of it than we did. But, yeah, that's that was fan- – oh, my God, that was fantastic. Yeah. All I, right, so um, we're going to say uh, – we're going to wrap it up here because now we're just talking about Vincenzo. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like – this show has not disappointed yet. No. And the fact that they could first take the worst episode of Touching Evil, right, and improve it this much, and then tell their own story so well right afterwards, while still, like, doing this just interesting mystery while digging deep into Dave and deep into Susan. Yeah. Like, oh my God. This could um, be a great show. It, it was going to be a great show. Yeah. Had it not been stopped by whatever, yeah. I think Touching Evil was going to be a great show. Yeah. And I am so excited because next week we've got uh we've got the Cyril episode where Cyril is suspected of murder, and after that we've got the one where Mark may or may not get killed. We don't know what they're doing yet. Mark might get killed next week, and we're not going to be happy about it if it did, uh, if he does. But I will say this, if Mark does get killed this week, it will not be, like, the final, you know, stomping down of a character who has been so thoroughly brutalized and gaslit by a TV show for two years. Yeah. For three years, that it just seems insulting to the audience. It'll just be a tragic thing that happens to the new guy on the team. Because he got another show. Because he, he got cast on Alias. Yeah, what I wonder is, like, he's missed for a couple of episodes, and he's only, you know, sporadically on the show. And so I find myself wondering, did he, like, miss episodes because he was off shooting the pilot of Alias while he was also on this show? So it's possible had there been a season two, he still would have done Alias instead, because Alias was a very high-profile show on ABC. But I think... Weirdly, if he doesn't get killed next week, I'll say this. I, I think Bradley Cooper might have been better served by being on this show because he was not well served by being on Alias. Well, and the one thing I can, the one thing that I was going to say, they also did not kill the mother of that little boy. I know. We didn't talk about that. Such a smart, no, we talked about it a little, but it's such a smart change no, because you don't need to, like, she's obviously got to go and figure out what her life is with his son. There's not going to be this romantic connection with this brain-damaged cop she had an incredibly intense thing with. Yeah. That's not, that was never going to be a relationship. He wasn't going to move into another family because he's got bigger problems. And he can't miss, and he still misses his own family. Exactly. Like, God, God, the original was so bad. All right, so we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be back next week with episodes 11 and 12, uh-huh. uh, which are about, or 10 and 11, depending on how you number them, uh, which the first one is the um, is the serial episode, which is entirely new content. And the second one is their remake of the, uh, of the, the Grief Counselor episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays and if they manage to fix another terrible episode. <laughs> Given their track record, I have no doubt they're going to be able to. Uh, but I'm I'm just intrigued. I can't wait to find out how they would do it. And of course, the week after that, we are going to be 
watching uh, the final episode and talking about the show as a whole. So might be a short episode that week because like, what are we going to say other than we wish there had been more of it? And it was so much better than the original. Uh, and then we're going to have a fun, uh, we're going to have a little fun thing between uh, the week after that when we cover the first two episodes of Cop Rock. Yes, and then we're moving it to Tuesday. Yeah, then we are going to move Cop Rock to Tuesday because I, I guarantee it doesn't have anything to say about profiling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we probably already talked about what we're starting next, but, you know, in case you don't remember, in case we didn't, then we'll be on to one of the big profiling shows, which is Millennium. Which is very much a show about spooky profiling. So that should be a lot of fun. And it contains what I maintain is my favorite single episode ever about cops hunting a serial killer, which was their take on the Zodiac Killer from season two, uh, which we will, I'm sure, have a lot to say about when we get there. Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah, but so lots of good stuff to look forward to here on the Profiling Criminal Minds podcast, especially now that, and again, this is old news for you, the writer's strike is over. Yes. <laughs> So we are probably only eight months away from new episodes of Criminal Minds. Because <laughs> they still have to, you know, write them. I mean, I don't know how far they were into writing. They must have done... Well, they, well, they started in, like, March. So they they were obviously into writing them by the time the, th by the, time the shutdown happened. So who knows how written the season already is. Yeah. And because what happened... If only there's someone we could ask. Yes. Well, <laughs> if you're on, if you're on, and here's the funny thing. When you're on strike, right? Yeah. I've you don't. Very often. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't put anything to paper. You don't write. That doesn't mean your brain doesn't keep. That mean, doesn't mean you're not thinking about solutions to plot problems you were stuck yeah. on that week. Yeah. So who knows? They may be like raring to get back to it next week. I, I can't wait to find out what they've got planned. And what they do next. But for now, uh, I'm going to say, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you want us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you are listening to this on an app or podcatcher, please rate and review. That's how people find the show. We're going to see you here back next week for uh, those episodes of Touching Evil. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week.